Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to My Millennial Property. Emily Wallace with you here. Usually joined by John Pigeon. If it's your first time listening, you might not know that, but John and I co-host the My Millennial Property Show. John is currently in Noosa searching for some pretty hot real estate in the form of a spot for his cool cabana, along with everybody else up there at the moment, I think. If you are on holidays, happy holidays to you. If you're returning to work and you're listening to this on your commute, I hope you have a great day ahead. This one is an interesting one today, um, riding solo, talking about the outs and ins for property in 2023. So probably floating around mostly on the Instagram land, we've seen a lot of people put down their outs and ins for the year ahead. So I thought I'd do a property version and just share what I think will be some good things to consider and some good things to get rid of this year. So without further ado, let's get into it. Now, before I go full blown into, I'm actually going to start with the outs, so outs and ins today. I wanted to welcome you if this is the first episode you've ever listened to of The Property Show or if you've ventured on over from the main show, the My Millennial Money Show or My Millennial Career or any of the shows that fall under the umbrella. We are excited to have you here and we hope that you stick around to listen to some more episodes. Uh, If you are searching for your first investment property or even your first home, John and I cover an array of topics to help you along the way. For a bit of context, John's probably more heavy on the investor side of things. I focus more on the first home buyer side of things. We're both buyers advocates in different parts of Australia and we love property and we love talking about it. So let's get stuck into it. I have compiled a list of things and truth be told, I did this while I was walking around the park this afternoon with my little dog. Um, I had a bit of a think about what I think is acceptable to stay in this year or even bring into this year and what really needs to go. So let's start with point number one on my out list. Point number one is buying something that you think you should buy. Now, this is quite broad in the sense that it applies to both homeowners and investors But a lot of people, when they're looking for property, I often find that they're looking for something they really feel that they they should be in a position to buy or their friends are buying something similar or they had investment advice that said, you know, that you should buy something like this. And the reason it's on the out list is that we shouldn't be doing things that we think are right. We need to do things that we know are right for us. And a lot of that comes from seeking the correct uh, consultation of advice and also fundamentally sticking to your morals and values when it comes to money and property. It might be that now's actually not the right time for you to buy. Maybe it doesn't align with what's happening in your life. Or maybe it's a case of you are actually ready to go, but 
you've been looking at properties that you really think you should buy. Maybe mum or dad have got some influence there or maybe it's an area that you think you should be in even though you don't really want to be there. So I would challenge you to consider your thinking and make sure you're not just entering a property that's something you should buy. It should be something you really want to buy, need to buy and feel prepared to buy as well. Now, branching off that, point number two is around buying based on short-term circumstances. This is on the out list. I cannot tell you how much of an increase I've noticed of people who bought probably, I'm going to say, put a circle around 2019, 2020, who have already either outgrown or their circumstances have drastically changed in the property that they bought back then. And they're seeing themselves either flipping it to an investment if it was their own home or selling out faster than they probably should. When you buy on short-term circumstances, and for a lot of people that was the sea change, tree change era, or for others it's been maybe they've met somebody and it makes more sense to lock in and buy together and potentially buy somewhere based around work or family. But when you buy on a short-term basis in terms of your circumstances in the short term, you may well find that that property might not be the best decision that you make. It could mean you have to sell out in quick succession and it might not be the right time to sell in the market. Or it could mean that you find yourself in a position of financial distress if you potentially went on short-term circumstances, you extended your budget to get into a certain area and with rising interest rates, you're finding yourself a little bit stuck. So this is definitely on the out list because when you're buying a property, it shouldn't just be understanding the goals of that property services at that point in time. It really needs to have a long-term plan behind it. Buying a property is not a small task and it requires a pretty big amount of money in the grand scheme of things. You know, property is usually the largest single investment anybody makes in their life. So understanding the long-term goal and proposition of that property is really important. For many, that actually may be that they, quite a common scenario is that they buy a property as their first home, they take advantage of the first home buyer incentives um, and schemes that are out there, and then they flip it into an investment. And that's totally cool. So long as you understand what the prospect of that investment is, is it actually a good area? Is it predicted for growth? Does it have good infrastructure? Will it have a good rental return on it? All of these factors that you really need to consider, not just in the short term, you know, does it serve my lifestyle and the setup that I currently have? So on the out list, just to reiterate that point is around buying based on short term circumstances is out. Please don't do that. Please think about the long term, have a bit of a strategy in place, have a bit of a vision. I know it's hard. It's so hard to be a millennial and think 5, 10, 15 years into the future because things change so drastically in a short amount of time. But I think more generally, when you're spending so much money on one asset, having a long-term plan, even if it's relatively vague, is quite important to make sure you don't make a mistake in the buying process. Another out on my list for 2023, we are out with seeing the term hotspot and diving on into that suburb. (laughs) The buzzword around a hotspot and the way the media, particularly, you know, property magazines and write-ups sort of place value on a hotspot 
Typically, by the time it has actually reached the newspapers or the magazines or whatever, the optimum time to buy in those spots or hotspots is over. Don't buy on a whim. Don't buy on a headline that you saw that says, you know, this is the the hotspot for this quarter or this year or whatever it might be. Do your research. And particularly when it's in an area that you've never visited before, you don't know much about, maybe it's out of your local council that you're part of, maybe it's in a different state. Don't buy on a whim. And that goes more generally of not just following hotspots. I think the research behind and and having the time to do the research, most importantly, is a really big factor when making an investment decision. If you don't have the time or even willingness or resources to do so yourself, I would strongly encourage you to outsource it. There are, and um, John and I have done episodes in the past about picking a reputable Uh, buyer's advocate or buyer's agent or even investment advisor who specializes in property because you've got to be careful as brokers out there. You really do. But if you genuinely don't have the time to research hotspots and understand where the next place to buy might be, I would highly recommend doing some research, which won't take you too long, (laughs) into some good representation in the form of a buyer's advocate to make sure you are getting the best possible outcome. When we read headlines and we get sucked in by the hype of of the media, it's often overinflated as to why something might be presented as a hotspot. The data is often skewed or used in a clever way, particularly in uh, articles that, you know, sort of draw the reader in. It's really, really important to focus on understanding it for yourself and not just going out on a bit of a whim. Another out, and this is out literally, it doesn't, it's irrespective of 2023. This is a solid hard no for me, which is changing your auction limit in the auction itself. Nothing infuriates me more than going to an auction and I go to a lot of them. Shout out if you're from Melbourne, it's kind of like Melbourne and Sydney are really the auction states. Brisbane has, uh, or Queensland, I should say, is certainly... um, getting there with the volume that they're doing and probably less common in uh, Tassie, WA, South Australia, um, ACT. But when we see people actively, and it's usually couples together who, you know, one's maybe a bit more conservative, the other's like, let's just do it, let's just get it, 5K more, like we can afford that. When they've probably already had a discussion about their limit prior to entering that auction, I think it is so, so important to have a limit and stick to it no matter what. You need to realize that the auctioneer is there trying to pull out as much money as possible from the crowd. That's their job. They're employed to do that. And actually next week, we've probably got an episode um, coming up with an auctioneer. So stay tuned for that because I think that's going to be really, really interesting about their tactics and maybe some insider intel there. But I can tell you right now, the auctioneer's job is to get the highest price possible for the vendor. So in the moment of emotion, they know how to get you to go above your limit. So walk into that auction knowing that, walk in strong and bold and be very diligent and strict with what your limit is because it's highly likely you set your top end limit at a time that you had a level head. I don't think I've met many people that are not emotionally fueled in an auction and kind of lose their level-headedness. They get swept up in 
wanting the property. Some people get really competitive. I've seen that happen before where they just keep bidding because they're actually a really, um, really bad when it comes to competition. They don't like to lose. It's okay to lose in an auction if it means sticking within your financial means and being clear on what your limit is. So that is out for this year and it is out every single year from here on in. It should have been out for many, many years. But if this is the first time considering it or hearing it, please do not change your auction limit in the auction itself. Moving on next to another out, I've got two more before the break. The next one is we're out with banking on what the real estate agent says to you. Now, don't get me wrong. I preface this with the fact that particularly in my profession, real estate agents are really like colleagues uh, when it comes to dealing with buyers advocates and buyers agents. However, when you do meet an agent as a general public buyer, you really need to keep in mind that they represent the vendor and you cannot take on board anything that they say to be the absolute truth. I'm not saying that they are lying by any means. I want to be very clear. I'm not saying that real estate agents are liars, although I have heard people classify them as that in the past. What I can say is real estate agents definitely provide what information they feel is necessary. That doesn't mean they provide all information, including the bad things about the house. I mean, imagine going to a property and a real estate agent pointing out all the negative things about it. That's not how they sell property. They would never sell homes if they pointed out all the flaws that the property has. Fundamentally, they're there to market it, to sell the great points about it and to get you to fall in love with it so that you'll be in an emotionally fueled setting like an auction and you'll pay top dollar for it because you really want it. Don't bank on what they say. Do your own investigations, particularly with things like a a very common throwaway line would be from an agent, you know, oh, someone's already done a building and pest and it all came back fine. Like that is not something you can bank on. That's an agent saying that it came back fine. And whilst the buyer who did that building and pest inspection might have said to them it came back fine, it is highly likely that there were things they needed to be aware of or there might be some money that needs to be put into the property to bring it up to speed. So I really wouldn't bank on anything that an agent says to you directly. I would always do your own investigations on any due diligence to do with the property, whether it be building and pest or the contract through a conveyancer. Um, Be very, very diligent and make sure that you're representing and advocating for yourself in the process. Now, the final out for 2023 before we head to a quick break is, it's actually a bit of a funny one. It's just one that I've noticed a lot of people getting a bit swept away on and it's being swept away by a place that has a study. Now, obviously we know working from home has become more common, but I also feel like it became more common and now it's reverted back a little bit to actually we want you back in the office or actually I want to go back to the office. I like interacting with my team. and I like the culture of the company, whatever it might be. There was, I think, the most searched term on domain. Um, this is going off memory, so don't quote me on this, but something along the lines of the most searched term in domain for 2021 was study. And obviously that was related to the times we all found ourselves in and the study being 
a really key point or as um, Bernard Salt refers to it as the Zoom room, a room where you can do virtual meetings, you can work online at home. That has been really popular. If you're a buyer out there at the moment, I think you really need to question, do you have to have that listed as a must have? And are you getting a bit swept away uh, with properties that do have a study, but maybe lack in other things, i.e., floor plan flow, location, internal size, quality of the build, maintenance that needs to be done. Sometimes people can prioritize a certain attribute of a property and whilst it might be great, it actually can uh, result in them overlooking some fundamental things. So be really careful that you don't get caught up in one item. And it doesn't just go for study. Um, I think study is quite a prominent one at the moment, but, you know, maybe it's that it has a double car garage and you've been really wanting that um, and you'll forego other things just to get that. Just be really careful about where your priorities are in what attributes the property does hold and make sure that you're not compromising on the fundamentals, the uh, things that you can't change, i.e. location and orientation, the two biggest ones. Uh, to get some of those smaller tick box items that you could maybe work around. For example, like a study, there's every chance you could have um, the third bedroom as like a guest bedroom and a study, for example, or even the second bedroom, whatever it might be. Just make sure uh, you're aware of your options and have some flexibility around your must-haves. We're going to take a quick break now. And when I come back, we will go through all the ins and I promise there's some good stuff to be aware of. So stick around and we'll be back in a sec. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. We also have a panel of trusted mortgage brokers we can connect you with to get you into your first home, an investment property purchase, or to review your current loan if you don't have a broker. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers, and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I've just noticed I keep saying we because John is usually here with me, uh, but I'm picturing him most likely sitting under his cool cabana uh, in Noosa on the main beach there or going for a swim, living his best life, um, but he'll be back next week. Uh, so it is just little old me for today and we're now going to cover off on 
the ins for 2023 in property. So number one in is having buffers in place. When you buy a property, whether it's an investment or your own home, and whether it's old or new, there is every chance that something might need to be done to that property. Whether it's replacing an air conditioning unit, whether it's doing the landscaping on a new build, or maybe it's installing security systems. On a new build, it might be to do with blinds. On an older build, you might need to consider re-roofing. Like it's an honestly an endless list. I don't think anyone's ever been delivered the perfect property that needs absolutely nothing done to it within the first 12 months. Having buffers in place is really important. And a lot of people do ask, well, how much buffer do I need a dollar value? It is hard to give an exact figure on how much to have in place for a buffer. Generally speaking, I would say a larger buffer for an older property um, because with a newer one, you can probably build the buffer over time, but account for things like the blinds and the landscaping um, straight up. But I think generally speaking, for me personally, I've always had a 10K buffer uh, that's allocated to the property. That buffer does also include uh, if the tenants don't pay the rent for two months and then the rest is kind of maintenance-based. So that's a ballpark of what I've had. That's not necessarily advice on how much you should have, but I think the biggest thing to be aware of is having a buffer of some sort and topping it up as well as you go along. Um, it's a good habit to get into to just maybe, you know, it might be a hundred bucks each month that you put into a certain buffer account for that property, but to build it up so that when an emergency strikes, it's like an emergency fund for your properties, really. Um, when that strikes, you've got the ability to pay those bills straight away and take action on what maintenance needs to be done. So please, please, please have a buffer in place when you purchase a property, it is super important and it is the first thing on my in list for 2023. My second in is around, I think it's probably around a bit of, dare I say, hustle, but I've written it down as doing whatever it takes to be in a position to buy. This probably more so means two things. Number one, compromise, i.e. adjusting your outgoings, maybe it's no Uber Eats. Those who follow me on Instagram know this has been a challenge I've personally faced. And I know there's plenty of Australians out there who face this challenge when you're in a good Uber Eats spot, but, you know, culling back to be able to put more money towards your deposit. Maybe it is, you know, taking up babysitting for six months for some extra cash that you can put towards the deposit. I think when you really are determined to get to a goal and it, you know, maybe it's a savings goal or just the ability to be in a position to buy the right house if it pops up, doing whatever it takes without running yourself into the ground. I mean, let's be reasonable here. We've got to have our lives work, eat, sleep, socialize and all the rest of it. But I do think you'd be surprised what you can achieve in six months or even 12 months if you really put discipline behind it to be able to be in a position where you are ready to buy if that perfect place does come along. I know how hard it is to save for a deposit. It is such a challenge and it's honestly the biggest barrier to young people getting into the market. That's no secret. The servicing is usually okay. Uh, People can usually service the loans because they can usually pay a similar amount in rent per week. It is 
a challenge to get the deposit. So considering what you can do to get in a position faster would be great. John and I did an episode and I'll put, uh, I'll make sure I reference the uh, link in the show notes. Well, Nathan will make sure there's a link in the show notes below to an episode that John and I did. I'm pretty sure it was something along the lines of like how to save a deposit faster or how to get into your next home sooner. Uh, Because if you're sort of listening to this, like, yep, I need to be in a position to be able to purchase. I want that deposit saved. That could be a great episode for you to deep dive on that point a little bit more. Now, my next one on the list of ins, and again, this should be literally in for every single year, not just this year, but protecting your assets, not only in the form of insurance when you have purchased, whether it's landlord insurance, if you are a landlord, um, building insurance, there's there's mandatory insurances you actually must have uh, from the bank standards that you provide, the certificate of currency before you settle on the property. There's mandates that you actually have to have certain insurances in place. But the protecting assets that I'm talking about is actually more around when you are in partnerships. So you might've been single and bought a property, maybe it's your own or it's an investment, then you've met someone, maybe they've also got a property and you uh, are together, you're at minimum de facto after a certain period of time, maybe uh, you're going to be engaged or get married, whatever it might be, as your relationship grows, so too uh, should your protection of what your assets are or were, I should say, um, before you entered the relationship. So in the form of a binding financial agreement, and I know Glenn has definitely touched on this many, many times in the main show with John on My Millennial Money, but protecting your assets in the form of Unfortunately, if this relationship doesn't work out, this is what's mine, this is what's yours and it's clear cut because I cannot tell you how many people I have heard of being caught in some horror stories around having to divvy up their assets because they didn't actually have an agreement in place and they lost a lot of money. So protecting your assets is essential. Don't assume that it'll all work out. Uh, It's best to have it in writing and seek some uh, proper legal advice around it to make sure you are fully protected and gives you peace of mind that if anything were to ever happen, you know that your property is yours and it's an asset that you hold um, for the future. So that was around protecting your assets. My other in for this year I have written exploring all in capital, all options. Now this refers to, and it's a bit broad, but it does refer to understanding what your options actually are. A lot of people that I cross, particularly first time buyers, whether they're first home or a first time investor, it's quite common that people haven't considered the idea of rent vesting. And it's interesting because I think the limiting belief on it is that you need to use your first home buyer incentives and grants straight up so you can take advantage of them and save money. But what a lot of people don't consider is that whilst you can save money down that avenue, you actually may cost yourself if you do buy the wrong property for your circumstances or um, you might have been better off rent vesting. So exploring all possible options is really, really important. Now, 
If you don't know already, John does do clarity calls. And if you were someone who was sort of going like, what if, or what should I be doing? John has the knowledge and experience to really talk through both the investment and home ownership side of things. And I would highly recommend reaching out to him for a, for a call to discuss that and understand what you can do and what's possible for you. But outside of that, understanding what is available in terms of what does $700,000 look like in XYZ suburb versus ABC suburb? If I buy in Queensland, for example, what stamp duty am I up for as an investor versus what stamp duty is payable in New South Wales? Understanding all your options and education really is power in this situation will put you in a really great position to make an informed decision and have a really successful pathway into potentially a long-term property journey. So please consider all options. And if you're unsure how to even go about understanding what your options are, I think a clarity call with John or even just going back through these podcast episodes would be quite helpful to you. Okay. So my second last one for ins of 2023 is around taking action. Do not be a fence sitter. I cannot remember who said it to me, but someone once said like, don't be a fence sitter. Fence sitters only get splinters. And it is really true. You sit on the fence too long. It's really hard to make a choice. And a lot of people's default in this sort of turbulent market is to just wait and see what happens. They're just going to sit there. They're going to wait, wait it out. The problem is if you're waiting for the bottom of the market, which many people have sort of said they are at the moment, which is an interesting concept, uh, you will only know when the bottom has actually been, when the data catches up to show you the increase. The bottom of the market is pretty much only one week in time, one data point in time before it swings around. And if you're waiting for the bottom, the chances are that you'll actually miss the bottom and you'll be then buying on the rise. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but what I am saying is that holding on decisions or holding on taking action when you're in a position to do so can be costly in terms of time in the market versus timing the market. And you really need to be careful as to how you navigate that. Having advice on board is really, really important and seeking out someone who you trust uh, in particularly your investment journey would be key. If you're a first home buyer and you plan on holding the property for an extended period of time, it's actually more about the right property than it is the right time, in my personal opinion. Um, when people get specific on location and attributes of the property, there's only so many properties that can come up in a period of time that will tick the boxes that you need. So I would be focusing on what actually meets my list of needs rather than I'm going to wait for the market to drop and buy at the bottom of the market, which might actually be a super inferior property to anything else that you would have considered. So don't be a fence setter this year. Have the knowledge behind you to make an empowered decision in whatever it may be that you purchase. And if you're unsure, seek out advice. There are plenty of people out there who can help you. Uh, you're not meant to know everything. Property can be daunting and scary for some people. I, I get it, but get the right help on board. The final in for 2023 is 
trialing before you buy. Now, this is really a shout out to the first home buyers or upsizers or any home buyer, really. Anyone who's buying a property they're going to live in, in an area they've never lived in before. I would highly, highly recommend, and I know I've mentioned this on episodes previously, so if you're a long-time listener, I'm sorry if it's a bit repetitive, but I would really recommend, at the very least, grabbing an Airbnb for a week or two and living the life in the area that you intend on buying in. A lot of people pick areas based on the budget that they have and the accommodation that they need. Not too often do they actually spend a lot of time in that area and really suss it out, i.e. go and do your Sunday grocery shop at the local grocer. Go to the farmer's market if they have one. Go for a walk in the morning and grab your morning coffee or, you know, walk the kids to the park in the afternoon. All these things. Or does it have a local dog park? I mean, is it even a good suburb if there isn't a dog park? Let's be real. I think there are fundamentally some areas that people would avoid had they done sufficient trialing before they buy. So be really careful. Do your research. And honestly, research is probably the most common word I've said in this episode. It is so key. It's fundamental to making good decisions and it's the basis of education. So if you can, trial the area before you buy. And I think you'll find you're a lot more committed to the decision of purchasing in the suburb than if you're sort of going out on a whim because the budget lines up. Well, that's pretty much all I have um, on my ins and outs list. I really could go on in terms of getting into nitty gritty, but you know, let's keep it to principles and ideas that majority of people can implement for 2023. I hope that if you have had goals that you want to hit this year, you're off to a cracking start. For many people, I saw on um, Glenn's Instagram, he put out what people's New Year's goals were or things they wanted to achieve in 2023 and buying a property popped up a lot uh, and also saving a deposit popped up heaps. Starting an investment journey was another one. So I hope that those goals are getting off to a great start and that you are achieving all that you want to this year. We so appreciate your support of the podcast for another year. John and I have been co-hosting together for, I think we're entering our third year now, which is crazy. So much fun. We love delivering educational content to you. So if you ever have a question that you'd like us to answer, just put it in the Facebook group, the My Millennial Money Facebook group with hashtag property. And we'd love to give you a shout out and answer your question. If there's any experts you'd like us to get in, please do so. But for now, I will be back next week with John. He'll be back from his holiday all fresh and ready to go for another year. So thank you so much for listening. If you're on your commute to work, have a great day. Maybe you're walking, driving, wherever you listen to your podcast. We appreciate your support and we'll be sure to answer your questions as you post them in the Facebook group. Until next week. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. Taking your property journey to the next level starts with education. That's why we make this podcast, but we've also created online courses to equip you with the knowledge you need to take the next steps. I've created the Solvair Online Academy, open to both first home buyers and seasoned investors, where I share my tips and experience from 20 years in the 
property space. And if you're a first home buyer, I have the course just for you. Everything from pre-approval all the way through into your settlement and everything in between. How to place an offer, how to bid at auction, what to even look for at an open home and what questions to ask the agents. It's all covered in my online course. Follow the links in the show notes to sign up and get started today. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.